buying edibles at the corner store anymore. Yeah, I never getting, do. I'm only getting edibles from... I mean, I, I bought it in a pinch because I was going to that Real Housewives party. Uh-huh. The premiere party at the Rainbow Room. I got so fucking wasted from two glasses of champagne. And it, it was like, I will say like the glasses of champagne were significant. They weren't like cheap ass like toasting flutes, you know? They were like real flutes that were filled with champagne. It's like a glass of champagne. Mm-hmm. Um, I had two. I ordered a third and then I was like, I'm not even standing up straight. Right. I'm like leaning and stuff. I was trying to take a picture and I was like moving all around. Mm-hmm. I was rashed and then because i haven't had anything to drink since the night before my birthday mm-hmm. i back then i didn't get drunk i had one martini so it's been a really long time since i've had a drink and uh i just i hated it i really am just never gonna i'm certainly never drinking champagne ever again but your stomach was empty right my stomach was empty but i was they had past apps there yeah so i was eating every single thing that came around because mm-hmm. the food was really good mm-hmm but I got so trash. I'm never, I just really never want to ever have a hangover again. Cause it takes me out for, I think it took me out for a day and a half. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do you see Oppenheimer? I'm not particularly excited about it, but whatever. I, well, it's uh, I like that sort of era of stuff just because right. I've been like, you know, researching fascism and stuff mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I had that thing with like, Albert Einstein for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. I found him attractive. Oh, I didn't realize that you found him attractive. Yes. Okay. I did. I, That's what was behind it the yeah. whole time. <laughs> okay, the truth is revealed. I thought he was kind of hot when I was like, well, I thought the guy that played him was hot on this show that I watched. That okay. It was like, but it was based on that biography that we ended up reading, the right. Walter Isaacson. Ooh, by the way, he is doing an Elon Musk one. It's coming out in September. Oh, cool. Yeah, we should that's maybe listen to it. Yeah, yeah. that is that's great. Because he's very good with his research, so it's going to be thorough and it's not going to be some like bullshit, like jerk off thing yeah. like that guy Ashley did. Yeah. Ashley, Ashley Vance. Well, his well, downfall is a... like happening anyway right now. I, I mean, hopefully we'll see. Yeah. I mean, well. Certainly there's... he's driven that company into the ground in the most public way. Yeah. But it's also dragging down because Tesla isn't a real company. Tesla's a stock company. Because it's all its value is in its stock. And that's, you know, yeah. Because it's very expensive and people. But they do make cars. I mean, they make cars, but they don't make money making cars. Yeah. They I make see. money making, uh, selling, swapping mm-hmm. uh, uh, carbon credits. Right. But it's really like a, just a, a stock company. That's why people want the stock because it does well for whatever reason. And he's tanked it because he's had to leverage so much of his like own wealth, which is in Tesla stock, to be able to buy. Twitter. Twitter. And so that it's completely impacting the price. Like a domino effect. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. It will. I look forward to a time, if possible, that we don't have to hear from him anymore. Yeah. I really, I, I, I don't like what that guy ever has to say. Well, it's Such well, you know a what? schmuck. Seeing Bill Maher, like, drool over him and yeah. only just recently. And it's like, I thought that you... People, at least people on your team did research for you. Bill Maher is so reactionary to whatever anybody oh my who cares God. about social justice or progress thinks for at this point. S- for someone who would be so quick to like mock a woman's like emotional response oh, to yeah. something, it's all he has is yeah, emotional totally. response to stuff. Very true. You know? Yeah. Has he mocked women's emotional responses to things like that we know of? I mean, he must have. No, I said it before and I'll always say it. What really got me off that boat was when he had Charlie Sheen's quack AIDS doctor who 
that he cured him and had injected Charlie Sheen's blood into him and Tiger all this blood? all is this stuff. Charlie Sheen cured? Like, is he cured the way he's that... He's on meds. That, he's on antiretrovirals. But is he he's like... free of HIV as far as we know. Because like Magic Johnson, it's like undetectable at this yeah, point, right? right? Is that what it's like with Charlie Sheen? If he or? takes his meds, most likely. Oh. That's what it's like with everybody. But he looks sickly to me. He looks like it has be, affected uh, him. I mean, who knows? I thought it, well, he had full-blown AIDS. It will cause... No, I don't believe he had full-blown AIDS. It will cause health issues and you do have to really take care of yourself if you have hiv but if you do that you can live yeah but he doesn't i mean the life expectancy well that's the issue but the life expectancy for somebody who's you know um who's who's undetectable is just about the same as somebody who doesn't have hiv mm. it makes you more susceptible to stuff but in general your quality of life is like right up there so. yeah but he's he charlie sheen does not I mean, we've seen him. But the whole thing He's about disgusted. this guy was like talking, uh, talking against, like talking a different way than antiretrovirals. And it's like, no, fuck you. This is what we have that works. So, but he still treats Charlie Sheen. I uh, no, no, no. They broke up. Oh, Doctor Samir Chichawa. He was they, he was on um, Doctor Oz, and that was the whole introduction to him. And Bill Maher, Bill Maher. <laughs> Has him on his show and sits him down credulously talking to this guy. What did he say? He denigrated the usefulness of antiretroviral drugs. He, oh, uh, yes, that he has a cure that he says is, uh, okay, so he says from the CAEV virus, which he says is present in the milk of arthritic goats. Bill Maher is having this conversation. Are you kidding me? I'm not. The why would they, why would it matter if the goats were arthritic? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That just sounds like, this sounds like goop adjacent. He said he eradicated HIV as well as, how do you say this one? Chikungunya? Chikungunya? What's that? In Comoros. I've cured countries. And and Mar is like seriously just like taking this guy seriously. It's, it's unbelievable. And when did you have him on? Uh, this was in 2016. So also, so Mare play, played this clip of Sheen complaining on Dr. Oz about migraines and poo-poo pants as a result of the antiretroviral <laughs> therapy. And Bill Maher says about antiretroviral therapy, poo-poo pants, I don't think is a normal life. And then the doctor says, it's a horrible way to live. All these side effects disappeared the minute he started my therapy. And the minute he started my therapy, his liver went to normal levels. And the therapy has to do with arthritic goats? This is what, this is a quote. Yeah, this is a quote from Bill Maher. You took, Charlie's, you took Charlie's blood when he was HIV positive and injected it to yourself. And Dr. O Dr. Oz says that is very inappropriate. What I thought was, that is confident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. Why would you do that? I can't believe To prove that, that his arthritic goats cured. And this, so this is just what I'm saying. I just and don't like, believe it. And also, like, you know, oh, uh, highly recommended. The Anti-Trans Hate Machine, this podcast... Imara Jones hosts the trans, the anti-trans hate machine podcast, which I think is really good. And she talks about, there's a whole episode about Abigail Shriver. Abigail Schreier wrote Irre Irreversible Damage about the trans craze amongst young girls that now. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. We talked about, I think I talked about it on the bonus. It's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. About, you know, the social contagion theory. And this podcast kind of breaks that down. It, she breaks down a lot of the 
just different kind of facets of this anti-trans hate that's gone on and the way that things have been weaponized, including Abigail Schreier's book, mm-hmm. which uh, I believe Bill Maher had her on. And building, and that's the thing is that building a cult out of it, building this persona, like my persona is I hate trans people. Right. There are so many supposed moderate centrists that that are doing that. It's disgusting. So all that's to say is that Barry Weiss is obviously hosting a lot of this. She was on Bill Maher. Another red flag. Does she have any trans friends? I have no idea what she has. I wouldn't be surprised if she didn't. I mean, who who would be friends with her? That, that's what they said. There were like rumors after she quit the Times that like her biggest beef actually had nothing to do with ideology. It's that everybody didn't like her there. Yeah, I don't know. That's usually what the case is, though. If you get along with people, yeah. like it honestly doesn't really and I've seen this over and over again. It doesn't matter how good your work is. Mm-hmm. If you're not pleasant to deal with, people true. really won't want to deal with you. Exactly. And but she d- if you don't have great work, but people love having you around, they'll yeah. have you around. Right. But she does have a lot of followers, whatever. And her voice is, is considered, which I have no idea why. Having read that, read that woman's writing, I've just, there's a lot of people that like, you know, are in the same general sphere as, you know, just communicators that I have opinions about that I wouldn't air, but I'm really open. I'm I'm very much out of the closet about how little I think of Barry Weiss's ability to do what she's doing and her integrity. Did you hear the, about this farting story, this RFK thing? No. <laughs> this is page six. All right. Page six. Headline, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. press dinner explodes in a war of words and farting. What? Camelot, it ain't. Page six regrets to report that a press dinner to boost RFK's, RFK Jr.'s presidential campaign descended into a foul bout of screaming and polemic farting Tuesday night. The White House hopeful attended the affair at Tony's on the Upper East Side no doubt hoping to impress the uh, impress on the ladies and gentlemen of the fourth estate his worthiness to sit at the very same oval office desk once occupied by his late uncle but a shouting match over climate change broke out between two boisterous men sending the evening down in an, an extremely unfortunate path the gaseous exchange to which page six bore reluctant witness began after a guest asked kennedy founder of the ecological organization waterkeeper alliance about the environment and it seems that the mere inquiry was enough to set off an apparently drunk gossip columnist turned flack, Doug Deckert, D-E-C-H-E-R-T, the host of the event, who became enraged and screamed at the top of his lungs, the climate hoax. Meanwhile, uh, meanwhile octogenarian art critic Anthony Hayden Guest, who appeared to have been sleeping happily for most of the dinner, was roused by the abrupt rumpus. He suddenly opened his eyes and denounced his longtime pal, Deckert, Calling him a miserable blob. Shut up, implored Hayden Guest. Uh, what? Hayden Guest tells us he was not asleep. I was just thinking, he told us. And he says Wait, he is the one who asked the I'm question really about the environment. About what is all going on? It's like <laughs> he, the environment was mentioned. The host of the event. This so it was like an event, a money, a campaign raising for event? The pre- well, it was for the press. Okay. It was to, so that RFK Jr. could meet the press. And it's this argument between this gossip colonist turned flack PR guy Doug Detchert, the or Deckert, mm-hmm. the host, and this 80-something art critic. Deckert continued to scream wildly about the, cl- the climate change scam while Hayden Guest peppered him with verbal volleys from across the table, calling him variously fucking insane and insignificant. Meanwhile, Kennedy watched calmly. 
Here it seems Decker sensed the need for a new rhetorical attack. Let rip a loud, prolonged <laughs> fart while yelling as if to underscore his point. I'm farting. <laughs> when did he scream? I'm farting. <laughs> he screamed. <laughs> when asked to comment about his or outburst the next day, Deckert told us, I apologize for using my flatulence as a medium of public commentary in your presence. From Gawker, July 14th, 2006. Okay. Former page sixer Ian Spiegelman and Doug Deckert came to blows last night at Soho House. What follows is a recap of what went, went down, complete with the requisite he said, she said accounts, an analysis of the fucking pussy factor, in quotes. There, Nicola got a picture of it. He's he did. He's throwing a beer. They're like actually fighting it in yeah. Soho House. At a, wow. At a book party. Wow. So he's been a, an issue for a while, huh? I guess so. He sounds like a drunk. Just the latest. Yeah. When I was really high last night and I couldn't sleep, I was going through Hinge and... Mm -hmm. Um, this is one of the guys that liked me. Mm -hmm. His name is Gavin. Look at how psycho his eyes look. He's like taking a picture of himself in the mirror. Yeah, that's not the one that you want to use. At the top. And look what the quote is underneath. Bring your sister and a snarky, sarcastic M word. Yeah. He says midget in case you don't know what the M word is. Wow. But I was going to write back to him and say they're called little people. Yeah. But then I was like, you know what? You I don't want to. You don't want to give him time Inviting day. drama. Yeah. Um, or just inviting. Yeah, I, exactly. Making him seem like I even noticed. Yeah. This is like, shouldn't come as a, as a surprise. He's self-employed mm -hmm. at Manhattan. Okay. So he put in like a not job. Right. He doesn't really work. He's 46. Um, he's looking for a short-term relationship. And he says, a typical Sunday, gym, then spending all day drinking high life, in a dive bar with some broad I met on Hinge. Really? Yeah. And Seems then, like a social experiment. Yeah. Oh, oh, here's something. I deleted all evidence of this, but last Sunday I spent the entire day trying to get into Findom. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, because there was this girl who's like on TikTok that gives advice and she's like everyone is like oh it's an art blah, blah blah she's like don't listen to those bitches it's so fucking easy you just have to make a twitter and you have to do this so i i followed all of her steps i made a twitter i made a um i made a video that was like uh because they said you have to make like a verification video or else no one will give you anything mm -hmm. and so i was like hey it's me just want to tell you i'm real follow me at this blah 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 and i was like and i would tell you to tell your friends but you probably don't have any because they just want to get like bullied. So the only thing I attracted was lesbian sugar mamas. That is all I attracted. Really? Yes. <laughs> and like two of them were bullshit, but one of them was for real. And I really considered it. She lives in Louisiana. She's like, I just kind of want pictures and attention. Um, I don't do nudes. And I was like, I, you know what? I could get into this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just this older. But then honestly, How like much money. I don't know. We would have to negotiate that. Yeah. But, um, but like how much money would you think? Like what? I would want, I wouldn't want anything less than a thousand dollars a week. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, but honestly, when, when it was like attention, like I'm probably have to have to text with her all fucking day. And, and be honestly, on her back and call. When yeah. She... And time is more valuable than money for me. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, but then someone else asked me about a sugar mama situation and I was just like, you have to pay my tribute first or else I'm not talking to you. Uh -huh. And she was uh -huh. like, the, she was like, I don't do tributes. And I was like, well, you look poor anyway. 
Because she did. It was like, then I realized, oh, some of these are fake accounts. But why? What is with these fake accounts? All of a sudden, it's just a bunch of women on it. Or is it this like some like, is this a guy's dirty trick to try to get girls into talking to them by making them feel safe that they're talking to women? Could be. Like, what is it? Could be. And then I deleted everything because I was so bad at it. Like, I was trying all day. I got my followers up to like a hundred and something mm-hmm. in a day, which was pretty good, but I had to like work on it all fucking day. What'd you do? Like reply to people and yeah, stuff? Yeah, I was like replying and liking their things and like doing emojis and stuff like that. And, um, but it was mostly just like other girls following me, like who are doing it because like everyone is like trying to support each other to like build up each other's follower accounts so that they can get more money from men. Mm-hmm. But I just realized that because of this TikTok, the market is totally saturated. Right. It just was too much uh, work for me, honestly. It, they make it seem like, you know, there's not a lot involved. Like, you have to actually do stuff. Job. Yeah. Anything. Yeah, it is. Like, you have to pay attention. You have to respond. I did, after you mentioned Dear Mr. Jesus, when we stopped recording yes. last night, I watched this, like, news report on it. Oh, 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 And oh. we could watch it for Christmas in July. Oh, okay. Dear Mr. Jesus is not a Christmas song, but it was out around the holidays. And it was she played died with, in December. Okay, yes. And it was played with the Christmas music because as you'll see, it was released obviously way before. I watched the video for it. Me we too. Can also, okay, we can also watch that because it gets real crazy at the end. It's like it really, gets wild. I remember loving that song. I remember, yeah, it's it's really crazy. I was that, really haunted by, it's about the case of uh, Lisa Steinberg. She was the like six or seven year old daughter of Joel adopted da- illegally adopted daughter of Joel Steinberg and Hedda Nussbaum. But it's not really about her. It's just that it, it kind of gained popularity, right? It, it wasn't written specifically f- about that. It they had recorded it yes. like the week before she died. Uh-huh. But then it came out like right after she died. Right. And so they just rode that wave. Right. Because it was on child abuse was on the mind. And here's a song yes. about child abuse. It's And it's also kind of Christmas-y like. Because it's like Dear Santa, but Dear, Dear Mr. Dear Mr. Jesus. Jesus. And it's also Christian-y. And it yeah. almost feels like a, a zygote of kind of stranger danger, child yes. trafficking fears you know yeah, it feels protect like this the children right this right wing yeah not maybe not maybe not even a zygote of it. it's just folded into that but also it's like protect the children from their own parents i mean <laughs> that actually would be more beneficial in most cases right i remember thinking though like listening to it like i remember like really dramatically like identifying with this song because my parents hit me <sighs> But right. like they obviously didn't beat me to death. Right. No, I, no, no, no. But it's I was like being dramatic, like, and I can see, I can like picture Una like being like this dramatic about something, you know. But like I'm like oh, they're not supposed to hit. I could die, <laughs> like listening to this song and think. <laughs> well, you do you feel like you have no one to turn to when your parents are doing that? I know. I Jesus. I think it was a terrible thing that they did and it like caused problems for me for yeah. a long time. And when people like actually will tell me that they believe in spanking and I'm like, that's crazy. Because well, that's what is that's what we're talking about, right? Extreme kind of spanking. But, yes, but not Joel Steinberg and Hedda Nussbaum. Joel Steinberg was this this lawyer. They lived in like this nice apartment. I mean, you know, it had a good address. It was a uh, on West 10th street in the village. And it was like uh, where Mark Twain had lived and she had been a senior editor at random house. And he was this lawyer and like on paper, they seem like this upper middle class kind of 
family. They had waited. They waited till later to have children. Right. Um, and adopted. They adopted. They had biological. No, they couldn't. They tried. But then it's just um, I've been reading this woman Hedda Nussbaum's book because this story was a huge media sensation, like cover yeah, of People that. magazine kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because he he knocked Lisa out, and then she just laid there dying for like twelve hours, and the mom didn't call nine one one or anything because she was terribly abused, and so she was in this like kind of prisoner situation. Didn't it was like just trying to survive. Uh, he like beat her face to a pulp where like no one could recognize her but then Lisa mm. ended up dying mm-hmm. and then this song just so happened to come out like that week mm-hmm. and then people just like really just it, they latched onto it. it got a lot of radio play got yes. a lot of airplay it didn't peak very high but it feels like in certain markets because and you'll and they talk in this news story about the phenomenon of it all okay so it did yeah I, I don't think it I don't I don't know how like coastal it was but I do remember I think it was 84 maybe 85 when was that it was 87 oh 87 okay i remember hearing it all the time when we were at my grandmother's for christmas those few days before yeah just constantly on the radio folded in with like holly jolly christmas and it's the most wonderful time of the year basically and i remember because we were in the car locks we were like traveling to my relative's house so it was coming on a lot yes from fargo to fort worth it's on the year by popular demand, here's Power Source one more time, and dear Mr. Jesus. It's the country's hottest hit, a little girl's heart-tugging plea against child abuse, a song about police arresting that, parents. <laughs> Just that copy. It's the country's hottest hit, <laughs> a little girl's plea against child abuse. <laughs> I mean, I'm not laughing at it because it's funny. I'm laughing no. at it because it's crazy. It's it's a it's a wild moment in culture. Yeah. A child beaten black and blue. Some almost chilling lyrics. Please don't tell my daddy that my mommy hates me too. I never understood that lyric. <laughs> yeah, why would it matter? My mommy hates me too? In addition to whom? Daddy? The dad, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, aren't, isn't everybody on the same page? Right? <laughs> They're all, they're all hitting you, kids. She's keeping secrets? <laughs> like, like what? Yeah, does she think that they don't talk about her behind her back? Bats from Texas. The words are being sung by then six-year-old Sharon Bass. Whatever happened to Tonight, her? Tonight, the I song's writer, Richard Flender, to told me he thought that only a child's delicate voice would be heard. They talk about the truth, and here's the truth that we need to listen to. Clender sounds like such a fake last name. People are listening all over the country. I think a child can listen to the lyric and get one thing, the simplicity of it, and an adult knows the pain and the, and the depth that goes behind it. Listeners even hear child abusers confess on the air. There's just no possible way you could ever play it enough. I just never heard a song that's touched me. That's clearly not a child abuser. The little girl well, singing radio's didn't latest work on my phenomenon mom. is now <laughs> signing autographs. Sharon Batts of Bedford, Texas. Not an abused child herself, Sharon Batts recorded the song that? three not years ago. Not an abused ago child herself. Was, <laughs> but only gospel stations played it until this fall. <laughs> I guess they just didn't have She's to do signing that. fucking 8x10 glossies at this event for this child abuse song. Yeah. What is that? Is that a plate of butter next year? She wants to be grown up. Definitely okay. is a plate of butter. And there's a muffin, though, or there's some kind of bread. It's like bread and butter, but it's a little, it's a stick Giant. of butter. It's more than a stick. There's one. Yeah, maybe it's like two. There's one piece of some kind of baked good. 
This song has broken every rule that you can break in radio. I mean, first of all, you don't get played if you got a child's record. Second off, it says anything about Jesus or God. You know, usually it's not going to be accepted. And Really? I mean, that's the thing is that, like, I guess top 40, yes, but, like, I hate it when when Christians play this whole thing that's like, you were so, we're such underdogs. It's like, yeah, because people don't want you to take over the fucking country. Like, underdogs because you can't oppose your religion on people they're become they're gonna be the minority soon right like very I mean, soon guess i think that that's what that's, it is people, i feel like people have been saying that for years i don't know where the where the ball drops i read something that kind of recently recently that's why they're all getting like worked up about becoming like a christian nationalism christian, christian nationalism that's yeah. why they're all getting worked up about that right right because they're it's their dying gas yes they're hail like, mary losing. if you will although yeah, they, totally. they probably don't it's funny because <laughs> you know <laughs> they uh, that's catholic right isn't hail mary totally catholic i don't understand what other prayers other yeah i don't Christians know say me either i only know the catholic ones yeah. i don't i don't know how there's like there's differ. a lot of improv right you know? they, well, they don't yeah. even use words right they're like oh yeah you know? well, speaking in tongues yeah <laughs> yeah that's pentecostal the fact that it wasn't on a major label it had everything going against it and that's why I see a Christmas miracle for kids. Record industry experts saying success is due partly to the holiday season and the recent case of a six-year-old New York City girl allegedly beaten to death by her adoptive parents. The radio stations are being swamped with thousands of calls a day to hear Sharon's song and to get help. I just want to thank you guys and KSCS for having the heart and the soul to play that song because so many people do not understand, so many children don't understand what they're going through we did not expect anything like the response we've had the phone lines we were getting five and six hundred phone calls a day from people asking you know when are you going to play it again i want a copy so we took it upon ourselves to go out and get copies of the of the album because the folks that produced it had no real distribution source we took copies of it and started selling them on the air and then took what would normally be our profit turn that into Odyssey Harbor, which is a home for abused kids. I asked Richard to write or choose for our program the songs that we need. And uh, he's really very gifted of the Lord because he can hand back to me exactly what I'm looking for in the way of a song. And he is very sensitive to the needs of children. And well, during this past Christmas season, the country latched on to another very powerful message song. This time, the message was about child abuse and here to tell us why Dear Mr. Jesus was written and what the Americans today are saying about it is songwriter from Thousand Oaks, California, Richard Clender. This defies every rule or yes. I guess in radio, doesn't it? Broke all rules. Uh, first of all, I had a Christian message as well as a, a society message. And uh, the fact that there was no promotion dollars put behind this thing and the people made it a hit. Yeah, why do you think the reaction has been so strong? Uh, I think the time of the year was very important. Uh, I think there's so much going on in the news today. So a song like this becomes an anthem of some way to let out pain. Because everyone I talked to said, the song made me cry. And I said, good, because tears let out pain. Mm -hmm. People think, oh, it's so sad, but they're letting out that pain. We've got a couple of letters here, Richard, if you'd share them with us. These are letters that came to you as yes. a result of someone either hearing the song uh, and or seeing the video. This is from a lady uh, who was uh, abused during her childhood. It says, uh, I'll just read a portion. It right. says, I was sexually abused by my grandfather. In fact, I don't remember the first time. That's how young I was. 
daytime television. I, back to the age six, though. I mean, they talked a lot about sexual abuse on daytime TV. It's true. That's very true. She didn't tell anybody until she was well, I have an update on Sharon Batts. Okay. What's she up to? She's image consulting, personal styling, and wardrobe branding for the professional who wants to achieve more. Sharon Batts style. Okay. Has a website. Your image should open doors, create connections, and inspire confidence in your ability to get the job done. But she never shows any clothes. Weird. Like, she's like, doesn't show, like, like I have no idea what the style is based on this website. Uh, it says that she is a personal stylist and wardrobe consultant with over 20 years experience helping men and women look their best. I, I can't tell like what city or state she's in. It doesn't and it's say. it's definitely her? I mean, it looks a lot like her, mm. like the little girl, right? I guess. I can't really tell, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, you know? Okay, that's definitely her. She's on, there's an interview with her. Oh, let's see. About what she does. Hey, so TGIT, thank goodness it's Thursday. I have with me my friend Sharon Batts. She is a stylist and uh, she and I, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about her and then I want her to tell you a little bit about her. Her to tell, did I say that, that right? works. I think you did. Okay. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I actually met Sharon a couple of years ago. We were at a BNI meeting in Fort Worth and she was coming to check it out to see if it was something that might interest her and be part of it. And she had told me that uh, she was a personal stylist. BNI. Business met. Network International. And, um, I was very impressed by her. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. And then we hadn't seen each other in a couple of years, but we did connect via LinkedIn. So that's a yes. very important tip if you are out networking to oh take God, those business cards it. back to your... This is boring. This, no, this is all uh, pyramid MLM. scheme. Yeah, yeah, that's what I figured. I didn't realize it. All right, so BNI is Business Networking International. Yeah. So it's like people are networking with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was created by this guy, Ivan Meisner. He's the, the founder and chief visionary officer after starting his own consultancy business, he founded BNI after losing an important client at his consultancy. The company expanded through a franchise-based business model. Yeah, so basically he is a consultant for consultants for consultants for consult. Like they're all becoming Remember when that the, when that like weird YouTube people when they like those you weird YouTube people contacted us yes. and they were like well, you have to do classes. Yeah. Is, this, is that what that was? Is that what know. it is? I don't know. Consultancy for consultancy. consultancy. Right. And then we get to be consultants. You know, I bet that they listen to our bonus because they never approached us again after we talked <laughs> about them. And connect with people specifically on LinkedIn, especially if it's a business networking thing. Absolutely. So, anyway, I connected With someone her, who's a fashion consultant, a she later, is wearing a hideous outfit and they're in a really group that I was part of sparse bedroom but she does look put together herself like the hair the hair is good actually her services because i was really looking to take things for me i love how like there are these industries that are created just to have an industry oh yeah they're like kind of like industry yeah (laughs) i'm i'm uh yeah so i'm a consultant for you know fashion consult i'm a consultant to consult fashion consultants and the fashion consultants consult inspirational speakers i also do inspirational speaking when i'm consulting the the fashion consultants it's like just this like circle yeah of it's not a pure it's not a pyramid it's a circle giving circles another level 
and what she had shared about the professional wardrobe really spoke to me. And um, you speak suck at their not, job. Yeah, they're not talking about dear Mr. Jesus. I think it was the first time. It was the first time we'd worked together. You know what? And that was actually. She hasn't changed uh, her hair since she was a child. That just might. That might not That's be a look. That might be like she can't break out of her child star character. Because the haircut she has in the video is very Dorothy Hamill. That what is that called? Yeah. That mushroom kind of thing. Uh, like a Prince Valiant. I guess so. Yeah. I know a Page Boy. Page Boy. But this look, she has the same exact hair as on this album cover here. Yeah, she does actually. Well, she found she's something cute. that works. Yeah, I mean, it must be working if she's still doing it. All right. So should that be it? Yes. Okay. Okay. Patreon.com. I'll, I'll do it. Okay. You always do it. I'll do it. Okay. But first, I want to thank people for rating and reviewing us. So anyway, we're finishing up our Madonna-thon. It's the last week of Madonna-thon. Yes. Oh, my God. Interested in... If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com slash pot psychology. fun for merch and abortion shirts. Yeah. And I also am selling a, an Elizabeth Holmes shirt right now. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very really cool. good. Yes. It's very funny. Thank you. All right. I love it. Bye. Bye. Dear Mr. Jesus, I just had to write to you. Something really scared me when I saw it on the news. A story about a little girl beaten black and blue. Jesus thought I'd take this right to you.
Don't tell my daddy, but my mommy hates me too.